0: relate to the second coming of Jesus. Matthew 16.27 For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father with His angels, and then He shall reward every man according to His works. Matthew 24.30 24, 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Verse 31, And He shall send His angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together His elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. 26, He's standing before the high priest. 26.64 Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said that I am the Son of God. Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. His coronation as well as His second coming. Turn to the book of Acts. There are other verses, but... Acts chapter 1, remember His ascension and His second coming is mentioned by an angel as the disciples are staring up into heaven. Verse 11, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen Him go into heaven. And I mentioned earlier 1 Corinthians 16.22, Maranatha, the Lord comes. And Now please turn to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians, probably the first epistle along with James. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Second Thessalonians one seven. to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Verse ten. Let's see. I have Second Thessalonians 1.10 when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired of all them that believe. Chapter 2, verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. An event that should, in other words, verify the Scriptures. Turning to 2 Timothy 4, it says. Second Timothy four one who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing, and finally, the book of Revelation, the last or we'll start with the first and we'll have a, we'll have verses in the first and last chapters of Revelation. It's not a surprise that the second coming of Jesus is in the last book of the Bible. Revelation one verse seven. Behold, He cometh with clouds and every eye shall see Him and they also which pierced Him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of Him. Even so, amen. And then the last chapter, 22. Verse 12. The last chapter of the Bible. Behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. And is it the the penultimate verse of the Bible? Almost the very end. The very end is His benediction. But look at verse 20. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, wait, Lord Jesus. Wait until I... Get my ducks in a row. Wait until I fulfill my bucket list. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. That should be a prayer, shouldn't it? Not just a profession. When's the last time we prayed for Jesus to come back again? I just prayed it. <laughs> That's... But before that, I can't remember. Let us pray more often. I think if we thought more often on the second coming of Jesus, that we might live more in preparation for that. Well, just reading these passages indicate the the um, plethora, is that the word? Plethora of verses in the Bible about the second coming of Jesus. It is not a minor doctrine. It is not found in just a few verses of the Bible. And as I thought about these verses, I would like to just describe the second coming of Jesus with adverbs. First of all, it's secondly. The second coming of Jesus is not his third coming. Much of Christendom, and mostly in the West, is teaches a secret coming of Jesus called the rapture. But yet they don't call it the second coming where it is the second coming if He descends from heaven separately from His descent from heaven uh, as is taught in many other passages. This is the second coming of Jesus. I do not believe in a secret rapture of the church. You say, well, it's very clear in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13-18. No, that's very clear that the church is isolated from the world at His second coming. Where the, the world is isolated in Second Thessalonians one, at his second coming when he comes in fiery in fiery judgment upon the world, he just isolates. There are times he isolates his people in a passage, or he isolates the world. Um, I'm not saying that it's heresy to teach a secret rapture, but both can't be right. The Bible talks about the church going through much tribulation. Oh, there are verses that are used like we have not been um, destined for wrath, but for salvation. But all that's saying is we're not destined to hell, but we're destined to heaven. And there are other passages that may be used but uh, or certainly abused. They'll try to use passages like two will be in the field, one shall be taken and the other left. Well, it's comparing... Uh, what happened in the days of Noah and Lot. Who was taken in the days of Noah? Taken away. It wasn't Noah. They stayed put. They were in a a boat. The people that were taken away were those that were taken away in the flood. They were taken away in judgment. So you cannot teach uh, in the Olivet Discourse the secret rapture of the church because you're twisting Scripture when it indicates the Judged people are taken away. So, the second coming of Christ is the second and final coming of Jesus as taught in the Bible. And we're poised. We know His first coming is behind us. And you and I know that His second coming is real and and it's unexpected in many ways. And it's going to happen sooner than later. Secondly, His second coming is bodily and visibly. In my flesh shall I see God, Job said. The angel said, This same Jesus that you have seen go up into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen Him go into heaven. It's speaking that bodily, visibly. Second Thess- or First Thessalonians, the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Every eye shall see him, Revelation seven. His first coming was with obscurity and was somewhat secret in Bethlehem, but now it will be openly, publicly and with distinguished uh, in his distinguished nature. Oh, what a day that will be. You say, well, what if I'm sleeping? What if it's night? What if it's day? What if I'm at work? Well, the Lord has a way of getting the attention of all of the universe. Because it will be, thirdly, spectacularly. Think of the descriptions of of, what accompanies Jesus when he descends from heaven. Angels with ten thousands of his saints. The word saint can refer to holy ones and it can refer to angels or Believers. He comes in the glory of His Father. He comes with the clouds of heaven. He comes with power. He comes with a shout. And that's what wicked Balaam prophesied. The shout of a king is among us. You've seen that happen where a general will go into battle and he'll shout as his troops go forward. In some of the films we see of the wars, the soldiers exit their boats on the land and they're shouting to uh, to fight for their country and trusting that they're fighting for and in the victory. The voice of the archangel we're told, what a voice that will be, will accompany Jesus. With the trumpet of God is it reminiscent of Exodus nineteen. The trumpet at Sinai continue to sound louder and louder and louder, and the trumpet of God will sound. Resurrections and translations will take place simultaneously. All that are in the grave shall hear his voice. We, the dead in Christ, shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, not in heaven. Jesus comes back. He descends from heaven in the clouds and there's a war meeting, as it were. Then He descends to earth to destroy His enemies. Very uh, simply explained. And He comes with a glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. What a spectacular thing it will be. You talk about the 4th of July. You talk about spectacular array. You talk about visual and verbal effects. Audible effects. You'll, you've will you never seen such a display as we will see at the second coming of Jesus. It will be universally, a universal return. He will stand upon the earth, we're told by Job. He will judge the earth and the world, the Psalms tell us. He will have the Elect gathered from the four winds of the earth and from one end of the earth to the other. He talks about the light lightning that has, a, has a, a wide display of its light. So shall Jesus when He returns. None will be exempt or none shall escape. They would call for the rocks and the mountains to fall upon them. Jesus is poised for such a universal exhibition of His kingship. What does the Father say to Jesus prophesied in Psalm 2? Ask of Me. That's all. to Ask of Me and I will give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Jesus, indeed, is the universal Savior. To think that if He came now, every nation would have His attention and would be shocked I'll tell you what, the war would end quickly if Jesus returned now. All the wars will come to an end. But He can cause a war to uh, to end at any time. Psalm 46. It's a universal coming when Jesus returns. What a day that will be. And He will usher in the truth that the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Oh, how timely And savingly shall it be. We're told in Revelation 20 that it's a time when the camp of the saints are surrounded by the wicked. The church is suffering great tribulation and at the brink of destruction and annihilation. Such a time of deception that if it were possible, even the elect shall be deceived. In 2 Thessalonians 2, there's a strong deception that's occurring. But Jesus comes so timely doesn't he just like in the days of David as King Saul represented by the evil and his army were were converging there was a mountain and David was on one side with his with his army with his troops and Saul was converging on both sides and ready to pounce upon David and his army and all of a sudden at the last second there was a there was a herald that said, The Philistines have invaded the land. And they had to stop and turn back. And David was saved, as it were, by the skin of his teeth at the last moment. And so timely is the coming of Jesus. Can't help but think of that, that robber on the cross, saved a yard from hell. How timely was Jesus to grant him salvation? as He was ready to plummet into eternity. Oh, Jesus is coming so timely, isn't He? Jesus is coming so timely and so savingly. And the fearful thing is, He's coming punitively for the lost. So many of the contexts of Christ's coming are in a judgmental manner. The Lord cometh to judge the earth several times said in Psalms. The Lord cometh to execute judgment, so Enoch prophesied. He comes to punish the earth, Isaiah prophesied. The Bible teaches there are not only degrees of rewards, that He'll come to judge every man according to His works, including believers, but He judges the wicked by giving degrees of punishment you shall receive greater damnation, Jesus said to the religious hypocrites. Oh, He's coming to execute judgment. So it is a punitive return by the Lord Jesus Christ. Could I say the last couple of thoughts, He's coming finally. Expectantly. Longingly. We, In our Lord's Supper at the communion table, we always... Re- Remember His death as if it may be the last soul remembrance. We eat and we drink. As often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death. You show His first coming until His second coming. In other words, it's with expectation, with our loins girt about, We expect Jesus to come. This may be our last time to love Him in this way. To remember Him. This is a way in which we keep the first commandment as well as the others, the other three. We have Him as our God when we obey Him and remember Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior. It is an exhibition of our love, brother and sister, to sit at the table. And how many neglect this and their love wanes and waxes cold for it is not stirred up by such a holy remembrance of Jesus. Oh, love the Lord our God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. He has remembered us like He remembered the thief. He remembered us in our lowest state. He remembered us as sinners deserving His wrath. How can we forget Him in our high estate, in being saved and delivered from so great a death? How ungrateful to neglect the communion table. We love Him and we're possibly eating and drinking for the last time before we see Him face to face. I want to be caught loving Jesus not unloving him until he comes we have hope at the lord's table our faith is not yet sight the days coming where the pictures will be replaced by the presence you had loved ones that have been away from you and you had pictures in your albums or pictures in your wall or pictures in your on your uh on your furniture. But when the relative knocked on the door and came in the home and came in to sight, we didn't think of the pictures anymore because the, the person was there. What a day that will be. Can you imagine someone at the second coming of Jesus saying, let's go back to the communion table? Can you imagine someone at the communion table at the second coming of Jesus? saying, let's finish the communion table first. What will we do? We'll, we'll set aside the, the bread and the wine. And our eyes will see Jesus Himself coming from the, in the clouds of heaven with His angels in power and great glory. And it will certainly be a coming that ushers into eternity. I call them an eternally such coming. He ushers in eternity. So shall we ever be with the Lord. We who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with those who are resurrected. As 1 Corinthians 15 says, we shall be changed. Philippians, our vile body shall be changed like unto His glorious body. But if we die, we'll get our bodies back. But they'll be renewed. They'll be glorified bodies. They won't be weak. They won't be dying bodies. They won't be aged and unable. They will be new, transformed, glorious bodies. will be the spirits of just men made perfect. imagine it feels a little bit strange to be bodiless. You know, there are a lot of saints in heaven that are bodiless. I don't think that there's a temporary body. I don't know how Enoch and Elijah and Jesus and some of the others that were resurrected after Jesus' resurrection. I don't know how they relate to uh, bodiless saints. I don't know if I'll be able to shake somebody's hand. I don't have a hand. It's a different dimension, isn't it? But it'll be neat to experience. And most likely, brother and sister, I don't have bad news for us, but most likely you and I are going to the grave. Most likely, I would, I would guess that 100% of us today are going to go to the grave. But I could be wrong. But I think that the man of sin uh, is going to be... A, it, it, there's some time involved before he reveals himself. and I don't have much time left. This may be the last message. This may be my last Lord's Supper. Not because of the Lord returning, but from the Lord taking me home. This is a glorious truth, isn't it? Maranatha, brother and sister, is that a confession or is that a prayer? The Lord cometh. Or, Lord, come. Indeed, we pray for the Lord to come. We confess it is a cardinal truth of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. We can't agree to disagree on the second coming of Jesus like we may disagree about modes of baptism, and when exactly He may come. Will it be be before the millennium? Will it be after the millennium? When will Jesus come? We all may disagree on some of those issues secondarily. But those who are true believers of Jesus believe that He's coming again. Jesus will come again in power and great glory. Won't He? Christ returneth Hallelujah. What's the rest of it? Hallelujah. Amen. May it be so.